Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast along with Ben Badler. I am John Manuel. I guess we're not live, but we are in New York City. Side of the Futures game. Ben, uh, quite the double for us yesterday. Knocked out two big league parks in one day. A little Yankee Stadium for a 1230 Futures game. And then a little Mike Pelfrey in the New York Mets at night against the Colorado Rockies in the last uh, game of the first half of the Major League season. Kind of a kind of a good baseball day, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say uh, I, I think actually Mike Pelfrey was probably the most impressive player uh, we saw all day from uh, from a from a U.S. player in, no in doubt. terms of those players. Uh, certainly a disappointing performance uh, for the U.S. in the Futures game. Uh, you know, there there were a couple players who played well, uh, some pitchers who threw the ball pretty well, but. Obviously, I think the Davey Johnson and the you know the rest of the staff there was no, visibly disappointed uh, with their performance yesterday. Yeah, I ran into uh, Eddie Lynch and Bob Watson. Uh, Bob Watson, kind of the general manager, basically of the national team, and Ed Lynch, kind of like his top assistant. And uh, ran into those guys before the game, and I'm telling you, before the game, those guys were in great moods, really excited to see these players in action. And you know they talked about how the majority, of, maybe the vast majority, of the Olympic team was going to be guys who were on that team yesterday, on that roster yesterday, and they're deciding today and tomorrow, and they'll announce on Wednesday uh, the official Olympic roster for 2008 in Beijing. And I got to tell you, I don't think anybody for Team USA on the, at the Futures Game yesterday, Ben, made their case to clinch a spot on the team. Maybe Taylor Teagarden. You know, maybe Brett Anderson, because if you're if you're looking for left-handers, I think Brett Anderson was a little bit better than Clayton Richard of the White Sox. Although, you know, Anderson gave up two base runners, he picked them both off, and he touched 95 with his fastball. But wow, an uninspiring performance by the members of Team USA yesterday, and get manhandled by the world team. And that was not one of these futures games. Ben, I know it was your first futures game. I think it was about my fourth. A lot of futures games where you see uh, world or U.S. pitchers, but just go out there and blowing straight cheddar and throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour. That wasn't the case yesterday. Henry Rodriguez and Casey Weathers, the eighth inning, was clearly the inning for velocity in the biggest arms of the game. Otherwise, it was good pitching, but not great pitching. Team USA just didn't play well in any facet. I don't think often in any way offensively they weren't. You know, outside of Matt Gamble's two walks, they really didn't have great approaches or a lot of patience. Yeah, I think Gamble had the the best game of any U.S. Uh, hitter at all, and he went zero for z- zero for zero with with two walks. Uh, That's I mean, not saying. I much. think he saw nine pitches and he and he draw drew a couple of walks. So it was it was good for Matt, but you know, obviously, you know, I, I almost think it was just a, a poor game hitting more so than you know great pitching by the world teams. Not to discredit the world team, obviously, you know, you hold a team to two hits, you're doing something. Pretty well, and you, you did see some pretty good arms there. Obviously, you saw Henry Rodriguez uh, crank it up to 100 miles an hour. Uh, I threw, he threw one about 99. If you if you watch the game, you knew he uh, he fell down right after he threw it. So he was definitely uh, cranked up for that game. And that was good because I got being in the world dugout working for XM Radio, Ben. I got to talk to him immediately afterwards in the dugout. And first, I asked him, "Se habla inglés? Para la radio?" And he said, "No, sir." <laughs> so he didn't want to be on the radio. But I did uh, talk a little bit with him, 
uh, just about, you know, I said, uh, you, well, you pitched really well out there or something like that. He said, thank you. I said, uh, why'd you fall down? <laughs> he just said, I just fell. And he said, it was fun. <laughs> so I think he had a good time with it. And then the best part was talking to him after the game with a translator while he's chowing down on a nutty buddy. Oh, all so right. you have to remember, Henry Rodriguez is 19 or 20 years old, and he still digs the nutty buddy. And uh, that nutty buddy was gone in about uh, 20 seconds during that interview. Yeah, the, the world team was uh, you know, kind of like Rodriguez. They, they do tend to kind of... Uh, kind of shift towards the younger end yes, of the spectrum, but yeah, I did see a lot of guys who were uh, who really did impress me from the world team. Fernando Martinez and Luke Hughes, uh, watching those two guys in batting practice in the same group. Yeah, in the same group. I, I thought Luke Hughes was going to get up there, and you know, I, I, nothing against him, obviously, but you know, I thought maybe he just played ball all winter and and kind of stayed sharp and got off to a hot start this year because obviously it's you know so out of character with what he's done in the rest of his career so far, but. He was he was just absolutely just launching balls in batting practice, uh, so for him, to see him do that get tremendous loft under his swing was was impressive, and then was, Fernando Martinez too was you know just kind of just lacing line drives all over the field. He hit a couple uh, you know over the fence in right field, uh, and for someone who's just 19 years old, you could just tell that you know once he fills out and. Once he, his body kind of matures and he develops as a hitter, that, that that could be something special right there. Yeah, that was an interesting group, uh, and this is something I actually was talking about this morning with J.J. Cooper. You know, my first uh, Futures game was down in Houston. I think it was 04, and the first BP group I remember, I, I will never forget watching Delman Young, B.J. Upton. Um, I'm pretty sure the third guy was David Wright, and the last guy was Aaron Hill, and Aaron Hill was like the late replacement to that game. He wasn't originally on the roster. I mean, he's had a pretty nice big league career, and he ended up being the MVP of that game. I remember Aaron Hill just laughing when he came off the out of that BP group and saying, what am I doing in this game with these guys? Because that was just a show those guys put on in BP. But, you know, yesterday we, we had a couple of those. And the first world group was Juan Francisco, Jesus Montero, Chase Swan Lynn, who ended up being the MVP, and then Ramiro Pena, who does not belong in why. You know, Ramiro Pena, a good glove, soft hit, shortstop in the Yankee system. Uh, but Juan Francisco, he put on a nice show early. And another thing I think, Ben, that struck us was the teenagers, and it's a, it's international baseball season, the signing season. Ben's been immersed in it. Obviously, I've contributed a little bit, but, I mean, Ben's been all over this stuff. Uh, we just had the signing of Rafael Rodriguez on Sunday with the Giants for $2.5 million, the largest uh, signing bonus ever for a uh, Dominican player. Pretty impressive uh, feat. Right, yeah, for a Dominican hitter. Dominican hitter, yeah. yeah. And then we had... Uh, and so, we, so it's interesting to watch Montero. Just, if you get to see Jesus Montero with his bonus, which we've recently corrected to $1.65 million, confirmed by his agent yesterday on the bus back from Yankee Stadium. And then uh, a Big V, Angel Villalona, at 17 years old, one of the youngest players ever to be in a Futures game, if not the youngest. And then uh, to see those two guys in person, Ben, that was actually another thing I think it's good to talk about a little bit in the podcast. You know, so many times when you have these international guys, our sources, before you get to see these players, before they do a whole lot, are sources from outside the organization. That reflected in our 2007 prospect handbook. After Montero had first signed, you know, most of my sources for that were guys who saw him either in instructional league or other, uh, or other, so it was all other clubs. And I think it was a lot of jilted clubs who saw him and knocked the body. I had a comparison to the Travis Hafner physically. Um, guys who knocked the athleticism and the defense. You know, last year's uh, scouting report, he was sixth in the top 30, a lot more optimistic. He played in the, in the Gulf Coast League and played pretty well. And then, you know, the people I talked to really thought he was making progress defensively. 
yesterday to get to see Jesus Montero in person, see him in BP, uh, talk to him a little bit in the dugout. Uh, he is extremely youthful looking, so it's not his age. He's a legitimate 18, and his body is not a bad body. I, I don't know that I'd say he's athletic, Ben, but he impressed me just physically. He's a big, strong kid. And Angel Villalona uh, looks like he is trimmed up. From the photos we had of him in spring training or from last year in Instructional League to now, he's not an Adonis or anything like that, uh, but he is trimmed up. Uh, he looked... He's a big kid, though. He's a huge yeah. kid for 17. He, he was standing next to Pablo Sandoval. Who's also big. Who is who made Big V look like Little V. <laughs> and uh, Pablo Sandoval is is much bigger than Big V, just, just standing next to each other. It was odd seeing, uh, seeing Villalona look like that next to Pablo Sandoval. And, and with Montero, uh, you know, I think you're right, John. It's, you know, I, I, there was, I didn't say anything wrong with the body, but... Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with just the growth that you go through between 16, 17, 17, and 18. And it just sounds going like from being a boy to being a man. Yeah, and it's. It, I think part of it too is I think the defense uh, definitely has improved. You talk to you know international scouts who saw him when he was coming up out of Venezuela, and you know they'll, they'll tell you, oh yeah, the defense isn't that good. But you talk to scouts this year, uh, and they they seem to think his defense is improving. And I think just talking to him at the South Atlantic League All-Star game a few weeks ago, too, he said, yeah, it's, that's just the one thing about me that's gotten a lot better. Is just, you know, it's like last season was a big struggle for me. But, you know, I think I'm making progress this year. And obviously he's going to say that, just like every player is going to, you know, say, oh, yeah, I've, I've improved a lot. But you know, it, it sounds like it is a, a genuine improvement for him that, that other scouts around the league are, are seeing as well. Yeah, I think it's tangible improvement. I tried to talk to John Stearns about it yesterday. He was one of the world coaches and obviously a former big league catcher. He just said he hadn't quite seen enough. He didn't want to be quoted about anything. Uh, he didn't want to comment, not having seen him more than just, you know, warm up in a bullpen. But he definitely thought that he, all he would offer was that he at least, you know, those guys think he has, at the very worst, a chance to catch. I don't, you know, I don't think there's any, any doubt about that. I mean, he he's going to have a chance to at least be a Piazza catcher defensively, a guy who can maybe handle a pitching staff and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, now, whether or not he's a Piazza hitter, that's, that, that's probably too high of a standard to hold him to just because he signed for that kind of money. But uh, we've already mentioned a lot of the more impressive players, I think, Ben, uh, to us. Um, who are some of the other things, I guess, that we've already talked about that kind of struck us? First of all, getting to see Will Inman in person. Uh, Will Inman's been kind of a controversial prospect. I mean, two years ago, we had him on our top 100. Last year, he gets traded uh, from the Brewers to the Padres as part of the uh, very unfortunate for Milwaukee Scott Linebrink deal. And uh, I think his uh, prospect stock took a hit. That guy just keeps on doing it, though, Ben. He keeps getting hitters out. Now he's a double-A. He's adjusted a double after struggling there in 07. And yet no one in the big leagues throws like Will Inman. I mean, it's a very exaggerated front arm. It's a cross-his-body delivery. Uh, it was a little startling to actually see him over and over again pitch like that. Yeah, I think from the reports that, that I had heard is that more he was just a guy with good command, good pitch ability. You know, maybe some deception. I thought maybe raises front side or something like that. But yeah, he was kind of he was a lot more funky than I had expected him to be. And I think that's one of the best things about the futures game is that you know hitters can kind of get it done in, in different ways sometimes, and pitchers can too, obviously. But uh, when you see certain things like that out of a pitcher, uh, I think it jumps out at you a little bit more. Uh, seeing him do that, uh, seeing Jess Todd 
the way his arm worked kind of looked a little bit more like a reliever. And not impressive. Not an impressive inning for Jess Todd. The stuff wasn't great. The slider was good. Yeah. The stuff wasn't great, and the little shoulder tilt in the delivery. Looked like he was reaching back for everything he had in every pitch. That makes me think reliever. Yeah, I think that's too. That's kind of the difference between uh, Jess Todd and Henry Rodriguez. Is the futures game is the futures game is a, the perfect setting for Henry Rodriguez to just sit back and throw, sit at ninety eight, ninety nine, touch a hundred. Whereas Jess Todd, uh, he's not going to crank it up to you know ninety one, ninety two to blow it by guys. It's 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 a much better setting for a guy like Henry Rodriguez to excel. And and even from him, I thought he kind of looked like he might be more. He's still developing as a starter, obviously, but. You know, the way his arm worked and you know, with his max effort uh, kind of delivery and his velocity, obviously, I think that might play up in the bullpen. Showed a nice mid-80s slider, too. I think he might only throw in one of them, but it was uh, it shows some promise. I think it was 85, 86. No, so. you're right. It was a good, hard yeah. slider. It, wasn't, it didn't have great depth to it or any tilt, but it was it had velocity and it had some spin. So yeah. It was a pretty nice-looking pitch. And, and obviously he's had his you know command issues, control issues this year. Uh, so, as soon as he got in the game, I thought he was going to walk a few guys. He walked the first guy, but, right. you know, he settled down after that, struck out. I think it was Golson, Marson, no, not Marson, Golson, Velika, and... Uh, yeah, it was Velika, Golson, Getz. Getz, that was, who the, that was who the last not one Not exactly was. murderer's row either, but right. you know what? This is a guy who's already been to double-A and washed out of it once. I mean, he's already been sent back down to high-A. I don't think anyone expects that his career is in peril because of that, but... He's very young. This is a very young, like you said, skewed young world team. Uh, and, then a, and then the thing is, so this is a high class A pitcher who just came in there and blew away. Uh, you know, a couple double A guys in Velika and Golson, and a triple A guy in Chris Getz. So, pretty impressive performance by Henry Rodriguez. Uh, the U.S. team, the pitchers did look pretty good on Team USA. I mean, Clayton Richard was Clayton Richard. That's what he is. He's a sinker balling lefty, and he doesn't have overwhelming stuff. He's not going to go out there and impress you with the radar gun. But a couple other A's farm hands were impressive. I thought Trevor Cahill and Brett Anderson both looked pretty good. Uh, Jake Arrieta threw well. And, uh, you know, Casey Weathers threw fairly well, although he walked to. He was the hardest-throwing U.S. pitcher. But, I mean, for the world team, everybody looked good, really, on the mound. I can't think of anybody who didn't look too great. Like when Jesus Delgado was on the mound for the world team and the U.S. had some pretty good hitters coming up that inning, I really thought that was the inning the U.S. was going to make some hay, and they didn't. And we haven't even talked about the team's the game MVP here, Ben. Chase Swan Lin, uh, not here for his power, more of an all-around guy. And I'd say, actually, Chase Swan Lin with his home run. Another world player who really impressed me was Yvonne DeJesus, actually. And I'm going to write something about Yvonne DeJesus that will be online uh, later this week. Just about Yvonne DeJesus being from Puerto Rico, son of a big leaguer, and discussing kind of his leadership role that he ends up taking in the minor leagues as a bilingual player who can bridge that divide and is kind of a grinder, really, player. Um, and I think uh, Yvonne de Jesus is a pretty fascinating player from that standpoint. Plus, he had two hits and a walk. He took a perfect throw from Taylor Teagarden to strike to, to throw him out, trying to steal a base yesterday. And he turned the double play at second base. It wasn't the cleanest turn of the double play, but he showed definitely the arm strength and some nimble feet to make the the turn. So, Yvonne de Jesus was another player who stood out for me as being pretty impressive. Uh, but uh, did you have any thoughts on Chase Juan Lin? I kind of glossed over him, but I think. Kind of an unlikely MVP, certainly for a 19-year-old in low Class A to have two hits and be the MVP of the Futures game. Yeah, I think uh, it almost kind of, it almost kind of short changes because he only got one pitch on that first at bat. Yeah, you're but, right. You know, obviously he hit out of the park, so you can't really ask for too much more than that. But you know, he's low Class A still in, in Greenville, but great athlete, good fundamental swing, good knowledge of the strike zone. So there's a lot to like there. 
Uh, I think the Red Sox are, are making inroads over there on the Pacific Rim. So, uh, you know, when you have that and you have that kind of showcase in the Futures game, uh, a game on ESPN, uh, you know, like that to, to show over there, it's certainly going to win them a lot of support over there on the Pacific Rim. And nothing says big time like Aaron Andrews showing up to your, to your sporting event in the short skirt. I think that really stamps an event as big time. Yeah, I saw a lot of... A lot of big time personalities there yesterday, so it was a, it was definitely a, a fun event to be at. Definitely the biggest time uh, celebrity softball game in the history of that event. Uh, the futures game players, the world players, at least being in the world dugout for most of the game, the world uh, the world players, I think, were more excited to see Chris Rock and Whoopi Goldberg and some of the stars in the celebrity softball tournament than they were to see uh, you know, and and also they were much more excited to see Aaron Andrews actually. And they were interested in the game because during the game, most of them were sitting in the dugout on the bench. They were not up on the top step a lot of the time. I, I had no problem getting up on the top step to watch the game and uh, get a ridiculously uh, uh, well. It might even be a violent sunburn. It's a painful sunburn to stand up on the top step. Visitors dugout um, should have brought some sunscreen and a. I definitely should have worn a hat. Ben, uh, that was not intelligent on my part. But uh, the only thing that got those guys really going was. The appearance of Aaron Andrews and the appearance of the celebrities uh, for the softball tournament. So, not the greatest futures game of all time, but still, like you said, it does give you a great place to watch every single player and compare them against each other. And you know, in the uh, between batting practice rounds for the world in the U.S., went up in the stands and talked to several of the scouts, um, guys like you know Mike Mike Radcliffe of the Twins and Abe Flores of the uh, of the Angels and a couple guys with the Yankees organization just about the event, and they all agreed it was just a must-see event in the industry to, to see all those players uh, in the same kind of place like that. Really, outside of the Arizona Fall League, you don't get to see all prospects in one place like that and compare you know, guys across organizations. So uh, very, it's still an uh, outstanding event, even if yesterday wasn't the best representation maybe of the Futures game. Any other thoughts you may have had, Ben, from your first Futures game? Anything that really uh, stood out for you? Uh, I think just the crush of media that was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually going to a lot of the different minor league games, even minor league all-star games, usually they're just just me there or me and a few other folks there. But right. it's it's definitely an event that has international appeal. I think that uh, crush you mentioned yesterday, I think that crush really probably affected Matt Laporta. He just didn't yeah. look comfortable at the play. He was taking a lot of time to try to get in the box. And I felt uh, you know, I sympathized a little bit with Matt Laporta because he just he really bore the brunt having just been traded for CC Sabathia. He was the guy that national media was looking to talk to yesterday. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of reporters who who maybe wouldn't otherwise know so much about a lot of these players unless they're you know in the organization that they cover. But you know, obviously Matt Laporta's gained some national prominence being traded as a centerpiece of the CC Sabathia trade. Uh, so you know, it, 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 he looked like he was just uh, a little bit uncomfortable out there because everyone was just going to swarm him. So. Uh, I can't say I feel bad for him because right. he's got a, a pretty great profession. But you know, it, it didn't. I didn't. I definitely did not envy him on on that day. Uh, it didn't look like he was at his his most comfortable on that day. Well, if the United States is going to win another gold medal in uh, the in Olympic baseball like they did in two thousand, um, they're going to need Matt Laporta to be big time. I mean, uh, I got to imagine that Matt Laporta is going to make that team. I got to imagine he's going to hit higher than sixth in the order. I gotta imagine Jamie D'Antona. Uh, Jamie D'Antona is not going to hit in the four hole in the Olympics. He was uh, not up to the task yesterday in the futures game. Uh, one of the oldest American futures gamers at 26 uh, in the history of the game, and uh, I don't know if Jamie D'Antona really uh, 
earned his spot yesterday. But uh, like I said, we do, like we said, tough uh, tough for the U.S. and from the Olympic team and uh, standpoint. Obviously, we will have reaction later in the week when they actually name the uh, the Olympic team. And uh, we're working on our Olympic preview right now, Ben, and that's uh, part of what the Futures game kind of dovetails into. And we finish the night, uh, finish up the, the day of baseball at Shea Stadium. Good stuff for a first trip to Shea for me. Uh, the Mets fans were pretty uh, energetic and uh, pretty into it. That was uh, good to also see former uh, BA podcast host and old friend Matt Myers, who was our guide for the game and uh, met up also with former BA intern Josh Cooper, another New Yorker uh, and big Mets fan. So. Uh, I'd say the highlight of that, uh, seeing seeing a big leaguer pitch like that, Mike Pelfrey, eight shutout innings. Uh, never got to pitch in a Futures game, but uh, he was pretty doggone good uh, last night. That was just fun to watch. Yeah, it was, it was impressive watching uh, Mike Pelfrey really come around like that, uh, just basically working off two pitches there, mostly well, almost exclusively the fastball throws and some sliders there as well. So, um, yeah, it, it was good to see him. Uh, finally, start start to do well, and obviously that was a very good first half of the year for him. Well, it was pretty much an all-star week. Futures game last night. Uh, Southern League all-star game tonight. A lot of ba- our Baseball America brethren will be at the Southern League all-star game in Zebulon, North Carolina tonight. Ben Badler off to the Eastern League all-star game. And then, of course, your Major League uh, home run derby and all-star game coming up. So a lot going on in the world of baseball. This is pretty much baseball's week right here. And uh, we hope to uh, comment on it some more at Baseball America and BaseballAmerica.com here on the podcast. For Ben Badler, I am John Manuel for the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.